congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would like to begin this Lord's Day 9 by pointing out that the heading above our Lord's Day that says God the Father and our creation is actually a sort of a misnomer. It is, a misnomer, it is an old misnomer though. It is translated from the Dutch into the English language, but a very old Dutch and a very old Dutch version that I have at home already had this this heading. Well, the original German version has the heading of God the Father, and the Latin version of the Heidelberg Catechism simply the Father. Now, why is the heading in our book actually a misnomer? It's of course true that the Lord's Day, that this Lord's Day teaches us about God the Father. But when you read the answer to question 26 correctly, you will see that it actually says nothing about our creation. But it says that God, who is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the creator and upholder of heaven and earth, is for the sake of Christ our God and our Father. The whole answer is about not about creation, but about our Father, who the God is our Father. That is what we confess in this Lord's Day. God is our Father, and we trust Him completely. That is very short, what we confess with this Lord's Day. So now that we have this right, you will... Not be so surprised that they don't use this Lord's Day as it is done often in the past to preach about God's eternal fatherhood or to preach about uh, on creation versus evolution and so. There are other times for that. I would not be faithfully explaining the catechism if I would do those things. Believing in God... Now, there have been in the still and many people that when asked if they believe in God, will answer you because they know that you are going to church, that they do believe that there is somewhere out there something higher and higher being that has a lot of influence on what's happening in this world. And then such a person is often reported even by Christians as a person who is not a totally an unbeliever because he or she recognizes that there is a God. Well, in that case, the devil must not be a total unbeliever either because he believes that too. And he actually believes a lot more about God than some of those people do because what he knows about God and believes about God makes him tremble. You see, to believe that there is a God, a higher power who determines what's going on in this world and then live your own life without doing anything to recognize, let alone worship God, is actually the grossest form of unbelief there is. It's worse really than paganism because pagans, they too believe in some God and at least they try to worship him. Then there are also people who come a lot closer and they call themselves Christians and say that 
Er is een die de God en dat hij is de God mentioned in de Bijbel. Dat hij is great and powerful, but he say we should just refrain of thinking that we can know him. Dat is becoming more popular nowadays. <coughs> in that view, God is so totally different from us and so far removed that he actually cannot be known. Let alone that we should give him a name. There are also people in our days that in spite of God's clear witness that in his word that he speaks about himself as a male just still refuse to ascribe gender to God because that would offend female believers and they feel that God if he would have a certain gender could not possibly emphasize with a femininity well God created them and he more likely knows more about their femininity and their sentiments and their feelings than they do themselves and you see such people they still call themselves Christians but with others reasoning they give a real slap in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ because he came into the world he says to reveal God the Father to us and he certainly did and that means that we can know God The Lord Jesus Christ even revealed his name to us. He told us that his name is our Father who is in heaven. And that we should as such address him in our prayers. This afternoon, we who from the heart confess that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ in body and soul, both in life and in death, We'll also confess with the Heidelberg Catechism that God is our God and our Father in whom we completely trust. And we'll do so under the theme, our only comfort and God's fatherhood. And you see, we have comfort in the competency of our God and Father. And second, the trustworthiness of our God and Father. First, the competency. Our only comfort is of course that we belong to our Lord Jesus Christ but that's not where that comfort ends that is why the authors of the catechism begin the answer of this question 26 in our catechism with the words that the eternal father of our Lord Jesus Christ has to do with our comfort too the eternal father of our Lord Jesus Christ and that's what he is of course first of all God is first of all the father of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and God the father is that from all eternity there was never a time that God the father that God was not the father and that God the son was not his son and it's also true that God the father and God the son are one the Lord Jesus made that very clear in John 10 verse 30 he says I and the father are one and in John 17 verse 10 the Lord Jesus said to his father all I have is yours and all you have is mine and that has significance for us also in relation to our Lord's day 
when we confess to belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, then by this very fact, we also confess that we belong to God the Father also. That we are his children. We can simply not belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and not be a child of God the Father. So we may truly say that our only comfort also is that we belong to God the Father. We belong to our God and Father who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We belong to the God and Father who gave us to his Son so that we could become his children. In John 17 verse 9, the Lord prays to his Father for his people. And he says, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, they are yours. He's talking about us. And boys and girls, do you know how much God the Father loves you? It's almost scary to say it, but he, love, he loves you just as much as he loves his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And you share in the same rights as the son of God. You have the same privileges and you share in the same inheritance. Christ's father is your father and he loves you. His heaven is also your future home. His angels are already now your protectors. Does not make you very special. Does not make you feel safe. You belong to God, the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now our Father is also God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. At the beginning, when there was nothing yet, he spoke and suddenly there was out of nothing time and space there was, there was nothing was, was before heaven and earth, light and life came into existence and beautiful plants and animals and birds began to live upon this earth and all was in perfect harmony and order and witnessed of our Father's almighty power and infinite wisdom and comprehensive knowledge of everything. Heaven and earth and all that is in them came into being just at his speaking. What an in, incomparable power. The sun and the moon with all its uncountable stars and planets received their light from him. And ever since they, they traveled the universe in the paths that he has set out for them. What a matchless majesty that father of ours has. The grass, the trees, the flowers to feed man, man and beast, but unsurpassed goodness and care. The animals, great and small, all with their own characteristics, fill the earth upon his bidding. And how is in all this his eternal power and divine nature not, nature not most clearly revealed to us? And who could have even began to dream of having such an almighty and all-wise and perfectly good God as our God and Father. But he is. And he wants it so. Having such Father 
think about it, what foolishness is it then than to think that there could be anything in our life that we would really need and that he could not provide. Think about that. What an unnecessary grief do we often bring upon ourselves <coughs> by forgetting that without his will and without his wise and good purpose, adversity could come upon us. It cannot happen without his will and wise purpose. And the wise purpose is that he will turn all those things to our good. He is our God and the Father who not only created the heaven and the earth, but who also upholds it. He holds it together. And he does that, it says, by his eternal counsel and providence. That means that all that is needed to hold the heavens and the earth and everything upon it together has been planned by him before anything was. And that he himself provides all things necessary to work out that plan. Year upon year, the seasons follow each other and each season obediently provides for the, ne for the needs of the next. And so he provides for men and beasts, but his provision is especially focused upon us, his children. And so, boys and girls, is it not totally awesome that this great, almighty, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-wise, infinitely loving God is your God and Father just because you believe and you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is your heavenly Father. He is the strongest Father in the whole universe. Nothing is too hard for Him. Nothing is too difficult. Your impossibilities are for Him the opportunities to show you His power and His wisdom and His love. Your most feared enemy will cringe before Him in fear. And from the Bible we know that our heavenly Father holds all things in his hand, even the great oceans of, the, of this world. He holds them in the hollow of his hand so that when it's necessary, he dries them up so that his children can cross them on dry ground. Know the story from the Bible. He commanded the sun and the moon to precisely run the course throughout the heavens for the sake of his children. Our father has stopped them upon their path throughout the heavens to assure a victory for his children. And the mighty wind <coughs> blows where it wants and, and only God knows where it, from where it comes or where it will go. But upon his bidding... That wind carries me to his children. Remember that story from the Bible? <coughs> Hungry lions are ferocious and deadly. But op his command, they lay a spets around Daniel, his servant. Fire consumes everything, but upon God's command, it doesn't singe a hair from the heads of Daniel's friends. Cruel were the Persian kings and relentless. 
but their hearts were so in the hands of, of, of the Lord, of God our Father, that they showed mercy to God's people and let them go back to their country. Nothing is impossible for our God and Father to whom we belong. In his hand, in his hand was also the heart of Caesar Augustus, who issued then the degree that brought our Lord and Savior to the city of David. Whatever is impossible for man is possible by our Father. <coughs> And so brothers and sisters, boys and girls, what are an endless series of attacks that Satan and his host have leveled against us, God's children, but not ever anyone fell out of his hand. And so every time, every time you worry, you need to remember how mighty your father is. Every time you're scared, you need to remember his power. Every time you grieve, you may remember his love and compassion. Every time you suffer, you may remember his, 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 his compassion. Every time you have sinned, you may and you must remember that this loving Father sent his Son into the world to be your Savior so that he may forgive you your sins over and over and over again. That's your Father. And how great is the comfort we may have when we look at our God and Father and meditate upon his infinite comp competency. Let's now look in our second point at the comfort we may have in the trustworthiness of our Father. Our catechism says it, says it for us. It says, in him we trust so completely as to have no doubt that he will provide me with all things necessary for body and soul and will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends me in this life of sorrow. We trust in him so completely that we do not doubt. That is what we wholeheartedly confess to believe and I'm sure we all mean it too. The thing is, that's not what we always live out. We are often so busy with anxiously providing for ourselves that it looks like that we are on our own. Think about it. Is it not true that we are all much busier to run from one thing to another than to walk with our God? Is it not true that we often dare to worry about tomorrow while today our fridges are still well filled? It's not true that we have joined the world in the fears for all sorts of diseases and health problems while today we are still healthy. Is it not true that when bad things happened, we too are often allowed panic to take the place of trust until by his word and spirit our heavenly father reminds us of him. Now I'm not saying this to make anyone feel guilty. No, I'm saying this to highlight the trustworthiness of our God and Father because in spite of all our lack of trust that we, the trust that we confess to have, he keeps providing for us. We are his children and he will never forsake us. After a whole period of doubting him, of putting our trust in other things or in other people, instead of in him, one cry on, on our lips, one sigh of our hearts and he is there with his comfort. And he continues to provide for us bodily needs as well as our soul's needs. Just as the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. He's totally trustworthy, and we neither need or should ever doubt him. We have the scriptures, 
And in it we can read time and again how he carried his people Israel as upon eagle's wings for 40 years, although they were often rebellious and stiff-necked. He promised them a land flowing of milk and honey, and he did give it to him, although they did first reject it. He has all throughout the Old Testament history promised that from the seed of the woman he would provide a savior who would crusade his head and in spite of all the enmity of man in the fullness of time he sent his son to be born of a woman. He has promised that he will take care meticulously of his people. You see the Lord Jesus was really revealing his father when he said to us in Luke 12 verse 24 consider the ravens they do not sow or reap they have no storeroom or barn yet God feeds them and how much more valuable are you than birds and the answer to that rhetorical question is that we are infinitely more valuable to him than birds it was not for birds that he sends his only begotten son into this world Also in Matthew 6, verse 31 and 33, our Savior revealed his our Father to us when he, says, when he said, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He will provide you with all things necessary for body and soul. Who of us here lacks anything that we really need? Is not every day of your life a witness of your father's trustworthiness? Right now, Alberta is in an economical recession. Thousands upon thousands of people have lost their job and have no income and may lack many things. Do you lack anything that you really need? Relentless are the attempts of the evil one to erase every trace of Christianity from this world already for centuries. And how many Sundays did he succeed to prevent you from coming under the preaching of God's word? Yes, it is true, life doesn't go always the way we desire and we are sinners and the results of sin in the form of different sorts of hardship and suffering also knocks at our door sometimes. It can come in the form of an illness or an accident. It can come in the form of loneliness or rejection, sorrow, anxieties, and depression. Those things do happen. But we have his promise that he will turn it to our good. We read in Romans 8, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Sometimes those bad things need to happen to us to accomplish a good that couldn't be accomplished in any other way. We so often walk in the way with God. Is it not, not comforting to know that in those moments that you suffer, or they suffer, or that you have an anxiety attack, that 
God is near to you? All you have to do, all you have to do is put your hand into the hand of your heavenly father. This is what your God and Father tells you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. He's your Father. And He so much cares for you. In the Bible, we find that witness of God's children of the past about the, the truth of those promises. Because we read in Psalm 66, verse 12, you made men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. In Psalm 138, verse 7, though I, I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. You right hand, with your right hand you save me. Times, our Father, in love, always in love, uses affliction to bring us back to Him after He wandered away from Him. That's why, also, one of God's children in Psalm 119 sang, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Somewhere else, I know, O Lord, that your judgments are righteous, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. The Lord brings adversity upon our path. That is his faithfulness to us. It's for our good. We have such a faithful father in heaven. We never need to doubt him. He will take care of us. It is through the adversity often that he sends to us that we stay close to him. It is through the adversity that we have experienced in this world that we continue to look forward and long for our Lord Jesus Christ to return upon the clouds of heaven to take us to himself. And then our faithful and trustworthy God and Father himself will wipe away all tears from our eyes. Just like the Lord Jesus said when, when a woman gets a child, then she is in pain. But after it is born, she completely forgets her pain. So it will be with us. When the Lord Jesus returns and the God of Father has wiped away all the tears of our faces, we have completely forgotten about the past and we have only joy. Here and now we continue to confess with all our hearts and with confidence that God, the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is our God and Father. And we so trust that we have no doubt that he will provide us with all things necessary for body and soul. Amen. Congregation, let us sing hymn 65, the stanzas 1, 2, 3, and 4.